Space Jedi Master Damon with me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Well, folks, we've got a pretty action-packed episode for everyone. I assume that this will take some time to get through. Um, let's just go ahead and start with a quick how you doing, and then we've got Investor's Day to talk about and uh, a new episode of The Mandalorian. So how's the week been going? It's been wonderful. Nice and warm. Felt like summer again. Finally done with Christmas shopping. Able to relax all weekend. It's great. How about you? Uh, it's been busy. Uh, you know, I've been doing end of year reviews for employees and stuff, and that obviously has taken up a ton of time. And uh, yeah, <laughs> everybody the weekend so. sucks. I hate everybody. They yeah. all need to just go like. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Copy ya. and paste. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. So, yeah, but I mean, nothing else really. I, I had to get a new battery for the truck. It, uh, you know, as a cold weather hit, it felt the need to crap out on me as I was getting gas. So that was fun. But, mm. you know, <clears throat> fine, I suppose. <laughs> Too bad gas stations don't sell batteries anymore. <laughs> well,. Yeah, problem with mine is that it's not just as simple as uh, uncoupling the um, the terminals and just dropping a new battery in. It's under a um, a structural support, so you have to take that off, (laughs) which isn't a big deal. I mean, it's just hold held on by four bolts, but you you have to Mm. take that off, and then you know you have to reattach the sensor. So you have to have like the right battery. I mean, which is, I mean, it's, it's a battery made by whoever, um, you know, I don't even know what the one I, I took it to a shop. He doesn't charge me labor. So he just charges really? me the cost of the parts because it's literally, huh. I mean, for that, it's such a small thing to do for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. It gets good enough markup on the battery. Probably. I mean, well, honestly, not really, because I think that the whole job... I mean, job, we don't. At my shop, it's pretty... I think it's like 15 bucks for a battery. It's what we make, but... Sure. But I, I'm, I'm just going to say this. Like, I mean, if I were to have bought whatever battery just down at the auto parts store, I probably would have been over 200 bucks in taxes. With taxes. Not 200 bucks in taxes. <laughs> But I, I, I paid for the entire thing at the shop. It was like 168 bucks. Oh, wow. good so, job. Yeah. And it's just down the road, and he did it in 30 minutes. So I just waited outside when it was nice out. So I can't complain. Yeah. It, it, was, it was good. It was a good time. Right. So, uh, you know, move past our interesting lives and uh, into... <laughs> into Disney's Investor's Day. So it happened. It came, it went. A lot of things. We're, we're just going to talk about the Star Wars side here. So let me run through a couple of highlights, and then we'll talk about some opinions. Uh, we have from director Patty Jenkins, who has taken the Wonder Woman franchise. We've got Rogue Squadron, the movie. The movie, the game, the game movie. Uh, yes. We have nothing more on the Taika Waititi. Uh, still haven't really figured out that name yet. Sorry. 
should. But I guess Tico wants TT, but I'm not 100% well, it's sure. It's not Tico so because there's definitely, there's definitely an A at the end of it. So I think it's Tyka, Tyka Watiti or something like that. I could be wrong. Anyway, whatever. Still unnamed, untitled film, so nothing new there. We already kind of knew that. Uh, quick quote, um, his approach to Star Wars will be fresh, unexpected, and unique. Uh, so just talking about nothing. Um, yeah, I think really it's just all we know is, oh, it's Star Wars Ragnarok. It'll be great. Well, we'll see. <laughs> that's, uh, all, we, that's all anyone would talk about. It's like, well, we don't know anything, so you can only compare it to everything else he's done. Yeah. That's fine. So just moving on, and again, we'll, we'll get into more specifics on each of these as we go, as, you know, after. But, you know, a little bit more on Obi-Wan, Ahsoka series, uh, Rangers of the New Republic, Lando, Lando Andor, which we already knew about, The Acolyte, uh, The Bad Batch, uh, Visions. A droid story. Yeah, droid story. <laughs> um, and then... Also from Lucasfilms, but not Star Wars, a uh, follow-up to Willow, uh, which a lot of people enjoyed that, but, you know, whatever. So just going through the list here again, so Rogue Squadron, um, obviously we got the game, which I haven't played yet. I don't. Have you played that yet? No, it was on sale for 20 bucks, <laughs> and I still didn't get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not super. It, it just seems so redundant. Um but it could be cool. I just don't necessarily think I'm going to experience it. And they did have a little bit of a, I don't even really know if I call this a teaser trailer, but that's sort of what they're calling it. And it's just, uh, you know, we see uh, Patty, uh, not skateboarding, (laughs) rollerblading in, and then she puts on a jumpsuit and we see an X-wing. So that's... um, that's something generic, that happened. generic can be. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's, you know, she talks about, you know, her need for speed and everything and, you know, pulls up to her. I, I'm assuming this, I don't think they actually brand deal this, but her car so she can like take off her skates. I don't know. I mean, squadrons to me, it, it sort of seems like the vibe, at least on like Twitter, they're talking, Oh, this could be like a top gun. Uh, but with, uh, Star Wars, and it's like, do I really want that? Yeah, I guess the uh, the director's father was a fighter pilot. Yeah, and so her life goal has been to make the best fighter pilot movie possible. So I mean, mm-hmm. there's at least a good motivation. But well, then write one. You know, write a really good story because there are yeah, so many. Don't take it off of Star Wars. <laughs> well, there, there are so many uh, like untold stories of fighter pilots and and some of our our wars and everything that could be very interesting. Or, you know, I mean, you could make make a story, write one. I, I just, I you know, yeah. this could be cool, but like what? Because we don't know the premise, and it's still years out. We're talking Christmas twenty twenty three. This is for this goes for most of these. Honestly, we don't know much about any of them, so yeah, for the most part. But I mean, it's just it's kind of like eh, okay. I mean, it could be interesting. It I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see on that one. Um, I guess we can go through Obi Wan. Obviously, big news: uh, the return of Ewan McGregor. Or excuse me, the return of Ewan McGregor. We all knew that the return of Hayden Christensen. Um, and specifically, they are saying returning as Darth Vader. Uh, now, Kathleen Kennedy did say this will be the rematch of the century. 
but I I think we were both kind of talking about but how is it the rematch of a century? Are they actually going to fight again? And what exactly would that mean? Yeah. And, and again, you can't really make the rematch of the century worth anything compared to the most of our fights. So it really would just be a waste of an episode or two if we had a fight. I don't care about a Obi-Wan Darth Vader fight. We got that in A New Hope. <laughs> well, I, don't, I, don't I would think... like to see some flashbacks. I would like to see, you know, Anakin in the back to tank, maybe some PTSD moments. We've got a lot more on Vader now, so I'm interested to see what they do with it, but I don't want to fight between him and Obi-Wan. I'm not interested in flashbacks. I mean, if I if I get an entire Obi-Wan series, it's just rehash of old stuff. It's going to me that makes it worthless. But like if you're if you're maybe like I mean, but again, back to your point like doing an actual physical confrontation I don't really know how you work that out because it seems like, and again, like we can retcon certain things mildly, but when Obi-Wan and Vader face off in New Hope, yeah, that's a presence I haven't felt in a long time and everything like that. So I, I, I personally, just from like a, the standpoint of storytelling, how do you weave in that they met in between when Obi-Wan left him on Mustafar and then when they met again in a new hope, like how, how do you tie that together and make it coherent or make it mean anything? I think it might be. And more also something just be kind of weird after. Yes. I, I feel like, you know, yeah, you, you can expand on the universe. You can add more stories, but like after 40 years, you don't think they would have mentioned, Oh, by the way, yeah, they fought in between those movies, you know, they've, yeah. they've had other fights. Like really, you're just waiting this long to tell me that <laughs> kind yeah. of deal. It's like, yeah, you can retcon it in, but is it going to work? Yeah, we'll see. But, uh, obviously I think getting Hayden back is kind of cool. Um, I think he was, yeah. you know, not very well treated by star Wars fans for a number of years. And I think that by and large, that's unfair. Um, because, I mean, as I've said before, I think Natalie Portman, episode two can be such a mess. Natalie Portman is a great actress, and she, this wasn't like her first film. I mean, she had been acting, and she had proven that she knows how to act, but there are times in this film where it just feels like, you know, she's not getting direction. She doesn't really know what the character is supposed to be at this moment. So I put a lot of that on George Lucas, the awkwardness between the two of them. Cause like Hayden, I think, I think just gets crapped on too much. Um, I think he did I agree. what he could do. And obviously up at the episode three, I think showcased a lot more anyway. So that's Obi-Wan series. Again, we already knew about that. Um, next up Ahsoka, we kind of both sort of speculated that there was probably going to be an Ahsoka Tano series uh, written. We're saying this is being written by Dave Filoni um, and limited series starring Rosario Dawson, executive produced by Dave Filoni and John Favreau. And uh, I think that I had read that this is going to be crossover time with Mandalorian. 
So I assume that the Thrawn thing that we saw in Mando is probably going to be relegated to Ahsoka, and then this is a lead-up to the final scene in Rebels, and we still won't get to know where Ezra is. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be another teaser, unfortunately, and you know the fact that we get this announcement and we don't hear anything about Rebels is a bit disappointing, honestly. I don't think they'll resolve this at all. I don't expect them to. I mean, eventually they will. So, I think eventually they most certainly through will. Through Ahsoka, I should say. Oh, through no, that, I mean it. True. With it being a limited run, we're not going to be able to go past the timeline of Mando and actually figure out what happens. So. Yeah. But if it's big enough, they might decide to extend it and do that in the future. It's really up to the fans at that point. Maybe. Maybe so. Uh, moving on, Rangers of the New Republic, also set within the timeline of The Mandalorian. Again, executive producers, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, um, intersecting stories. I believe that's stories. limited. That's uh, limited as well to one season. They don't say that here. Just new live action series. It's possible. Um, but it says will intersect. Says will intersect with future stories and culminate into a climactic story event. So yes, you're probably right. It probably will be limited, but I mean, I kind of wonder. A little bit of Cara Dune in it, but other than that, I don't know really what direction they're going. Yeah, that's kind of sort of where I was going to go to if this was going to be something with Kara or. I don't know. I think it. I think it might be a chance to establish some more New Republic folks. Um, you know, maybe some pilots, maybe some ground troops, stuff like that. You know, in the outer rim, we assume. Okay, what is the fascination with setting everything in the outer rim? And I'm not saying that's what this is, but that's normally what it is. And when we start to think about like Rangers, that's kind of where my mind goes. Like, wh- why can't we do stuff in the mid-rim or in the core worlds? Like, why, why do we? Why are we always in focusing on the outer rim? Just because Coruscant isn't even really our capital anymore. And it's really not focused on as much as everyone thinks. Everyone wants to say, oh, in the, in the prequels, we got so much of Coruscant, so much of the inner worlds that we just want something different. It's like, we didn't really get all that much, you yeah. know? Geonosis is not in a rim, and neither was half of the planets we visited. And there wasn't a whole lot of time on Coruscant. I don't mind Coruscant. I'd like to focus more on some of that stuff in Mm. a series. (laughs) You know, there's still interesting things in the underbelly. Coruscant, to me, was never all that interesting. There was a series, and I don't remember if this came out in New Jedi Order or if it came out in another, it might have been New Jedi Order, like further in. I'll have to think about that if I can remember. Um, but anyway, there, there's, uh, there, there was a storyline where there's a Sith temple. Uh, the, the, they opened the Sith, the Sith temple on Coruscant. Um, and, I mean, there there's differing in the EU, but... There's a lot of interesting stuff there, but I'm not, I don't know. I just don't necessarily know if I care about Coruscant anymore or not, but I think you could explore. Are you getting tired of the outer rim? (laughs) I'm not saying I'm getting tired of the outer rim. I'm just saying that it always seems like where we go, you know, and and maybe that's not what Rangers is going to be, but it just seems like we might, 
again, because when I think of Rangers, I think of like, you know, going to new, uh, or, or, uh, less sparsely populated out of the way, sort of like wild Westy type areas, which in star Wars usually translates to the outer rim. So I don't know. I think when I, when I think about this series and, you know, the men, the law of speculation on Cara Dune being it, the, the thing that I start to think about is we've always had one complaint about Mando and that's you get an episode, maybe two with all these extra characters and it's great. We enjoy them. They're good support roles, but then they're gone. And then we don't get to see them again for another four or five episodes. Yeah. And it's almost just starting to feel like Mando is this great way to introduce all these characters so we can throw them into their own shows. And I'm just kind of, I'm kind of getting worried that that's going to keep happening throughout the next season or two, depending on how long we go with Mando, that we're never going to have a core team like we want because we want to make them available for another TV show. So they can't be with Mando all the time. They have to be off on their own. I think there are a couple ways to look at that. I think that the only reason why I'm not super duper worried about that is because Mandalorian still has an arc. It still has a story. If it were all just every single week it was fetch quest and meet a new person that we never saw again, then yeah, I mean, that that I could understand. But we, we clearly have story-driven arcs here. So I'm not super worried, but like, I don't know, man. I mean, think about how many people showed up in Clone Wars and even, you know, some of the stuff in, in Rebels and so forth. So, I mean, that's... It's not like crazy uncommon, but yeah, I mean, sometimes, and I've said this a billion times, I wish people would stick around like, and just, you know, kind of do their thing, which is something we'll talk about in, in this uh, coming episode of the Mandalorian. Let's move on to Lando. Um, I think we had both sort of talked about, you know, the potential for more Lando Calrissian, and uh, the biggest thing here is that we do not have a confirmation on if Donald Glover will be Lando, if it's young Lando, if it's some old Lando, which I don't think is necessary. Although you had a good idea about that. Yeah, I mean, my, my hope for Lando is we start off with Billy D, and he's chronicling all of his past adventures, and we get to jump back to... Glover's uh, Lando, you know, basically getting the Calrissian Chronicles, which is something I think we both enjoy <laughs> to an extent. So chapter, I think that would be a good way four, to Lando Calrissian Chronicles. Yes. Yeah, that's what I would hope for in the show. Uh, it'd be a nice wink to Billy D and show some respect to all he's done for Star Wars. I think he should be in it to some extent, but. I don't want him to be the focus. You know, it would really limit yeah. the storytelling. I feel like. Well, yeah, I mean, I, and this isn't a, a jab at him, but he's older. He's older now, yeah. So yeah. he's kind of past the prime story. What I mean, what are we gonna get? Oh, I'm, I just I just arrived on this desert planet. You know yeah. that from. Yeah, I'm just gonna wait Rise. for someone for twenty years. Yeah, we tracked some. <laughs> me and Luke tracks. Well, it could be like. But even with that, I mean, even with the the Luke and him adventures, that would be interesting. What if Lando was like Luke and Lando be. adventures? 
would we want to introduce Luke back in that way? I mean, you have <laughs> to do cool. you have to cool. do it somehow. You ha- I mean, I, I think good. have to is a big statement, but like eventually we have to explain what Luke was up to in between uh, Return and the Rise, or excuse me, uh, Force Awakens. We have to explain it somehow. I mean, we've got a little bit in the game. I think it's and, the. I think it's the how we do it that's the question. You know, do we do books or do we actually pull the trigger and either recast Luke or do a CGI Luke or do it through the perspective of old Luke? You know, how do you do that? You somehow get Mark Hamill and you try and make him look younger? Do you just say, you know what, we do it with Han, we're going to do it with Luke? Star Wars fans have to get over the old characters at some point, the old actors. At some point. Yes. It's like, listen, they're old. Well, I mean, okay? we don't even have them all anymore. Yeah. And we won't have all of them for long, unfortunately. Yeah. But I, I mean... It's the at, passing of the torch. At the end of the day, you had Luke, you had young Mark Hamill playing Luke in three movies. And then you had old Mark Hamill playing Luke. And somehow we're going to have to tell the story and not everybody reads books. This is Disney owned, man. This is this is a Disney company, and if there's any money to be made on Luke Skywalker, you better bet they're going to recast some young man who can play that. And, and I'm I would sorry, much but see that than CGI. Truthfully, that's the thing. I don't want to see an entire CGI movie. Then you just wind up. What was that movie? It CGI was, a, was really cool. No, there was a. I think it was like a Final Fantasy movie. Do you remember that stuff? It long, long time ago. It was like the cutting edge of of uh cgi at the time i think this was like early 2000s maybe or maybe even earlier but it was like everybody was cgi yes i do remember that it wouldn't work with this (laughs) i mean you you can make a very convinced like tarkin tarkin was super convincing but he was like a cherry but we had small we had small that's the thing we had small doses of tarkin we had small doses of training with Luke and Leia, I don't want more than that because that's just going to get awkward eventually. The yeah. more you think about it, the more you see it. It's just the way it is. Yep, true. Let's move on to the Andor series. We obviously knew that this was uh, coming down the pipeline. Um, they do, We do have some cast here. Obviously, Diego Luna. Uh, Stalin Skarsgård. Uh, Diria Arjuna, Fiona Shaw, Denise Go, Kyle Soler, and Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. So we have some cast here, and I really haven't looked into any of these people. Uh, uh, Scarsguard, I mean, I wonder if that's... Um, maybe I should actually look up some of these names as we're talking about it so that I have a reference point. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's been around the block a ton. I was wondering if this was the younger or the, the actual scars guard that I was, uh, thinking about. So he, you know, he had, he's been around hunt for red October, goodwill hunting, obviously Thor, um, as well. <clears throat> so that's, that's cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, let me actually see if I can get a full, uh, full cast list. Uh, uh, there was word there's going to be a, a ridiculous amount of support cast just from crowds and whatnot as well so this is going to be a bustling city-based series it sounds like which will be interesting 
it's a I would say it's one of the bigger undertakings out of these series from what I've gathered. I mean, again, we don't have much to go on, so it's a lot of speculation. Yeah, I'm not really recognizing too many of these people from Face. Uh, she looks oddly familiar from something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. Aside from Skarsgård, if I'm even saying his last name right. Oh, Fiona Shaw is. Uh, was, it, was she in the Harry Potter movies? She looks awful familiar. Where? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. She was Aunt Petunia in, in the Harry Potter movies. I was God. I was like, yeah. I mean, I've totally seen that person before. Um, Genevieve O'Reilly. Let's check her out. Was she? Yeah. Okay. She, so she was Mon Mothman in Rogue One. So that's good. Oh, she also played Mon Mothman in Episode Three. Oh, really? Really interesting. And she voiced Mon Mothman Rebels. Okay. Makes sense then. What else has she been in, though? She does look things. familiar for more than just Star Wars. A lot of things. Nothing big. Just a, a lot of TV. A lot of, a lot of TV. She really? was in The Matrix, <coughs> apparently. Huh. The, uh, <laughs> the sequels. We don't talk about those. <laughs> no, the sequels are fine. I think that that's kind of a bunch of. Okay. I think it's a bunch of BS. They were okay. Bit. Yeah, I don't know if I recognize that character. Of course, I haven't watched those in a in a long time. But yeah, she's she's done, she's done quite a lot, actually. So that's that's cool. I'm down. I'm down with that. Um, Alan Tudyk. So we'll have K two S O. So that's good. Obviously, he still would be alive <laughs> in this one. <laughs> we know what yeah. happened to him. Anyway, let, let's move on. For so, now. Andor, okay. Um, the Acolyte. How thrilled are you by Andor? Because I know when it first was announced, we were both kind of excited about it, but yeah, I feel but... like the excitement has fizzled a bit. <laughs> it'll be interesting. I don't think it'll be bad. I think I think it's it's kind of the same thought about prequels for some people. It's like we already know what happened to Cassian. We're just building the character now. So as long as they do it, is well, he worth building that much? That's the real question. I mean, that'll de- I, I mean, I think depend so. on what his backstory is. I guess I don't so. necessarily think it'll be like the biggest thing Disney Plus does, but I, I mean, I think it'll be interesting. It'll be it'll be a cool, cool little series around a, a cool character. I think it'll be cool. You know, cool, 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 cool. So the Acolyte, you were more excited about this than I was. Um, the prospect of it, just from the description we get. So it's set at the very end of um, the High Republic, which I, truthfully, with the name Acolyte and all that, I think this is a waste of an opportunity to introduce the Old Republic. That's what I was really hoping for. Yeah. But... Uh, they mention an emerging dark side power and the end of an era. So we'll see. Just the the prospect of getting into the dark side a little more and something focused more on the force and all that is interesting because we don't really get that in anything but Ahsoka. Truthfully, yeah. I think um, 
I think there there was some speculation. I didn't really look into timings of how all this would really fit, but you know, the emergence of a dark side power is this where we start to canonize a little bit further Darth Plagueis, or is this yeah maybe maybe the rise of like Palpatine or or like a discovery of Palpatine or something again? I'm not. I didn't really look into timing of that, but that's something to think about. And of course, you know, we could always just tie right back into Mando here and just throw a little part in there for old Grogu's conception. That'd be great. I doubt they will. <laughs> I, I think my, my only thing is, <laughs> is, and I said this beforehand, is like, we don't even care about the High Republic yet. Like, because we don't have anything. Nah. So are we going as to time care goes by, about it? As time goes by, the hype just dies more and more for me. So I'm I'm still hopeful that it will be a new big chapter in Star Wars, but yeah, the fact that it said the High Republic doesn't matter to me at all. Not yeah. one bit. Right now it doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. So They need to show me a reason why I care about that. They might. Yep. I hope they do, but I, 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 I was a little disappointed we didn't get anything jumping back into the Old Republic. I was really hoping we'd, we'd go there, but mm-hmm. maybe it's too soon. You know, that's a it's a big can of worms to open. So sure. <laughs> Next up, we have the bad batch already knew that this was going to be coming out. They did put out a little trailer, a little scissor sizzle, little reel or whatever they want to call it. Um, kind of looks like we're dealing with, uh, you know, the, the, the bad batch being maybe mercenaries, but maybe a part of the empire for at least a time. Um, I know we've both been kind of like a little male on the Bad Batch. I mean, they gave them, you know, maybe a little bit too much of an arc in the final season of Clone Wars, but that was something that they had already put together. So that was predestined. Um, And I thought about that. I don't know if it's so much I didn't like the Bad Batch because of the Bad Batch or because I wanted something else out of Clone Wars. I, I mean, so, yeah, I, I get that. I don't care a lot about them, but that's, that's sort of the problem. I, you know, okay. So they're, they're different than the normal, you know, clones, but I, I don't really see like a ton that I, I find incredibly fascinating here. Um, but it could be cool. It's, it's an extension of clone wars and you know, yeah. it could be nice. It, it'll probably be a decent distraction show. I would say, um, yeah. Next up, Star Wars Visions, which they are categorizing as like basically like vi- uh, the anthology collection will bring 10 fantastic visions from several of the leading Japanese anime studios offering a fresh and diverse cultural perspective to Star Wars. Um, I'm just going to cut in here and say I have zero interest in this at all. And it's not because I don't want to continue to bring in diversity and culture. My problem is, is I do not care about anime. And if this is going to be in the vein of Japanese anime, it loses my interest automatically. I just don't care. Well, I don't think you even have to say that because I wasn't <laughs> anime and I still don't care about it. I don't want anime in Star Wars. I don't want, you know, th- there's a culture for that. That's fine. They can do their own thing, but to make it a big Disney platform thing to make it anime. I don't get it. 
I don't, I don't see the point. Well, here, I mean, that really it becomes: do they write it? Is it just the animation style is in the vein of anime, or do they do the whole thing with the, you know, dialogue of anime? Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, the dialogue. Do you write it for an American audience, or do you write it for a Japanese audience, or do you write it for a worldwide audience? Because those are three very Western different anime dialogues. versus Eastern, basically. Yeah, I mean, in order to to, to a, I'm just saying, in order to bring it to a global audience, you can't be too much of either, you know, because too much Americanisms is one thing, but too many Japaneseisms. I mean, I think like okay, Samurai Jack. I think Samurai yeah. Jack was a good perfect example of some yeah of something that crossed into a global market where it clearly had anime themes, but it also was also had the Americanized sort of stuff in there too, and it, it sort of could cross both of those gaps. Yeah, and I'm not trying to say, please, no one take this the wrong way. I'm not saying that Western storytelling is the best way and everything else is crap. I don't believe that. But in the vein of Star Wars, that's what we have always had, and that's how I feel it should remain. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're not gatekeeping. Just, I, I mean, we're, we're not closed to new ideas, but I mean, it's just like, the, to me, so much has been animated. And it just, it yeah. get, it, it's and gotten And we actually, old. we actually had a Clone Wars, we actually had a Clone Wars series in the vein of Samurai Jack is from the same uh, creator before the actual Clone Wars. So yeah. this has happened before and it wasn't bad. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, but I don't know. It's just it, the droid story is more exciting to me than this, <laughs> you know. Yeah, just, let's let's move on. Know. Let's move on to a droid story, um, which you know they it's guided by R two D two and C three PO. Um, so I assume we're giving Anthony Daniels a little bit more. Uh, in and we'll be introduced this. to a new character, but you know, again, everything's so big. <laughs> Give me something to hold on to, or I'm just gonna forget it in a week. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure what they're doing here because it seems a little garbled, but let me just read this. The intersection of animation and visual effects offers new opportunities to explore. Lucas Animation will be teaming up with Lucas Visual Effects team, ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, to develop a special Star Wars adventure for Disney Plus, a droid story. So is this animated? Is it semi-animated? Is it just... I, I don't really understand how they're going visually with this. I, I assume it's animation, but if they're also teaming with ILM, that means practical effect. So are they like doing a We're practical... We're getting Roger Rabbit. We're getting Roger Rabbit. <laughs> it makes you wonder, doesn't it? I don't remember the animation yeah. style, but do you remember the old Lord of the Rings animated films? Vaguely, yeah. So the animation style in I that was... I don't remember the name of that either. Is Lord of the Rings animated films. I mean, that's what I'm... <laughs> no, I'm saying there's names to each animation style. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, we're in sync. So yeah, we're, I, I, yeah, we're in sync there, but like there, there were times when they did blend in practical and animation but that's i mean that that style is so outdated that i don't know it'll be interesting to see but that it wasn't it was a very 
interesting visual experience watching those. So I don't yeah, know. Star Wars can be all over the place with their animation styles too. I mean, just look at the difference between Clone Wars, Rebels, and um, oh, drawing a blank on the newer one that neither of us have. Resistance. Resistance. I still haven't watched it. I don't. We, you know what we need yeah. to do when Mando's over. We I, should probably watch it. I think we need to do do that next. I think we need to give it a fair shake. I really yeah. do. I don't know why we haven't. We do. I just. I do not personally like the animation style. Yeah. It is a little too childish for me but it might be great storytelling you know there's a lot of people who said the same thing about clone wars i don't want to watch clone wars the animations early clone wars but it's some of the best yes but it's some of the best storytelling in star wars yeah i mean in some ways so it it deserves a chance for sure try it so that that was kind of the news for star wars uh from the investors meeting um I guess to wrap this portion of the show up and then move into Mando, is there anything that you would have liked to have seen uh, that you didn't? Um, well, again, I, th- I think I kind of touched on that a little bit with Old Republic, but that's a bit of a pipe dream for right now. So if there was anything else, something... I think it would be cool to focus on a new Jedi Padawan, mm-hmm. personally. Someone that we haven't seen before. Uh, you know, maybe set, I don't want to say High Republic, but now I have to say High Republic sometime before, you know, Phantom Menace. Just a character that no one knows about. Something like Kyle Kestis would have been, you know, going through his storyline as a kid. That would have been interesting. Um, again, we didn't get much Jedi at all, which is why I'm focusing so much on Acolyte, I think. But I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, truthfully, going into this. So sure. I can't say I'm disappointed because of what I didn't get. I was I actually. I can only say I'm disappointed in how little content we were shared on everything as a whole. Yeah. I was actually going to say a Cal Kestis series. Like Jedi Fallen Order, the series. Yeah, I mean the guy isn't. Mm-hmm. The, he was mo-capped and designed after a real actor, so you just yes, get the it real could work guy. Easily. <laughs> and then you have yeah. saber merch because those just don't kill him and just don't kill him in the second game, and we're fine. We could still have that. <laughs> yeah, and and the game had supporting characters, so you could. I, I think you continue it after the events of yeah. Fallen Order. The only issue is is that. You gonna, you're going to have a second game, potentially. So I would say do a limited tie-in series in between the two games. And then yeah. oh, it, it's yeah. it's a merch grab. Assuming there's a time jump, that would be easy to do. Yeah, it listen. Really would. It's, and it could easily tie into Mando if they decide to have him nah, be someone who contacts Baby Yoda. I don't but. think you do that personally. I, I, I get You're right. You're right. It would be very easy. I think we need to stop the tie-in stuff. But True. all I'm saying is it's a huge merch grab. The saber, the little robot. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I'm just saying that they, they did he- not. They did not. I mean, they that was as much of a waste of potential as 
Baby Yoda was, I feel like, at the beginning. There it's was nothing for that game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's, yeah. it's the problem. You know, they, they shot the shot on the game. It wound up being very popular. People really liked it. It was well-received. But the droid's received, so cool. I, I know. You know? You, I mean, look at how many animatronic little uh, BB-8s there are out there. Or R two D twos. I think yeah. you could easily make like a little, uh, well, you know, uh, walking thing. Make it walk, yeah, like a remote control walkie deal. Maybe they have that. Well, there's know. a, uh, there's if you go to the Disney store, they actually have a, it's a little wrist controller, and you buy Baby Yoda, and he follows you around, and you use your wrist yeah. controller to get him to follow yeah. you. He's synced to it, so he'll go towards it. You could easily do that with that droid. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, I just... And it'd be easier to make him walk. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just looking out for our Disney checks. You know, we're, we're trying to look out for yeah. our bottom line. You know, the more we sell, the more right. we get, right? Is that still the deal that yeah. we have with Disney? Sell out? A little exactly. Bit? Okay, good. Yeah. All right, let's we're go ahead. true Disney investors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go this ahead and roll... Right. Let's go ahead and roll into Mando here. So we are at season two, episode seven, chapter 15, The Believer, I believe is what it was called, correct? And we're going to speculate about the title because I have some thoughts on it. But we obviously got in our previous episode that we're looking for Mayfeld. And... We wind up on this. Uh, I, I don't remember the the planet that he was on. I know they mentioned it in the previous episode, but you know he's cutting up. Uh, you know, looks like we had some old Tie Fighters. And did, how'd you how'd you like the crane? Like the crane ATAT crane? You know, the, the, the Walker yeah. crane. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And again, this kind of goes back a bit to. Um, Jedi fall in order because when you yep. start the game out, you're actually doing that. You're tearing apart all these old ships and whatnot. So it's really cool. It I was, like it was visual yeah. effects of this. The droids they used for this were pretty cool too. Yeah. Yeah. The security droid with his little stun baton. Um, yeah. even, even the prisoner uniform forms were kind of, kind of interesting. Uh, you know, they have little, I don't, I don't know what this, uh, like almost like a calm sort of panel thing on the, you know, little lights and all that. I don't know exactly what that, yeah. what the usage of that is here, but. Probably a tracking ship, I'd assume, or something well, like that. Well, he had but... the the anklet, so I assume mm-hmm. that, anyway, it, it, it's it's kind of a neat little uniform and different. Uh, they mm-hmm. put some thought into it. Uh, we do get Marshall Dune uh, popping back up. Uh, you know, retrieving Mayfeld Dune to be Ranger Dune, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marshall Ranger Dune. Uh, and you know, had to bend a lot of rules. And also, just just want to throw it out there. I know neither of us are the biggest Boba Fett fans, but they did great with his armor in this episode. I was going to ask you about that because obviously, you know, we we lead up, we see Boba's ship, which they still haven't called Slave One yet, or Slave Two, or hopefully renamed. But slave eight by now. Yeah. He's gone through a lot of ships. <laughs> so we get we get Fennec and then we also get Boba coming out and he is clean polished again. Repaint yeah. every he's still got the dent and the helmet, but everything Black else, robe. yeah, everything else, even his his uh his rifle 
looks new. So everything on Boba looks new. What did you think about that? Uh, <coughs> it's was, it was pretty quick. Of course, I don't know what the time jump is on. So it's a little weird seeing this already. I was kind of hoping one more episode of beat up Boba, but uh, I appreciated it. I thought they did a really good job with the armor. I kind of wondered uh, why why they would. I kind of thought that they were going to keep battle scarred. Nostalgia, I think. I think that's the only reason. Yeah, but it does look good. I mean, there there's uh, there's certainly nothing wrong with it. We still have a couple pock marks and the uh, chest plating, um, and so forth. So it's certainly not like fully repaired, but it's it, it's got a fresh coat of uh, green paint. But you know, some of the comedy aspect of of things here with Burr and oh, you kind of look like somebody. And then, you know, Mando yeah. comes down. And <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, though, that I noticed real quick is that they definitely retooled Bill Burr's or Mayfeld's personality from his they original did. release. He's, they he's, did. well, first and foremost, he's, an, he's a former Imperial. We've now sussed that out. Uh, and obviously, that's why Kara hates him here in the beginning. But, you know, he, he seems more, you know, deferent. He seems like there's no real arrogance or anything here. He seems like he's definitely been knocked down quite a bit. And maybe he's got a little bit more remorse for things. So I thought that was yeah, interesting. Compassion as well, I would say. Yeah, because the little green guy, you know, because even when, you know, they sort of tell yeah. him what they're doing, he's like... Everybody, for some reason, when they maybe that's maybe that's the true powder power powder the true power of their species. Everybody cares about them so much. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the rotating ship, the internals of the ship, of Boba's ship? That was never a thing, was it? Well, I mean, I mean, to an extent, you have to have that when you change positions for flying, but not the entirety of the ship. To be honest, I really don't remember, but you have to think about the ergonomics of the ship. It obviously flies vertically, but then yeah. when it lands, it lands effectively like sort of on its back, like you're like a person laying down in a bed. So, in order but for that, that to it, make there's sense, there's even a scene for that though, because later on in the episode. They show before he takes off laying down in his seat based on the camera angle. And then he picks up the ship and then he's upright. So I did to me, I don't understand it personally. I, I don't I, know if that was just kind of a, oops, I didn't think about that moment or what, but I, I, I think you have to suspend certain belief, but again, it, okay. Think, think about it a little bit this way when it's laying down, you're going up your on-ramp. And if you were to sit in a seated position then, you would effectively spend your entire voyage just like, you know, basically right. laying down. Right. So you have right. to have some sort of reorientation, right? I mean, or that would be a very uncomfortable yeah. ride. I guess I always assumed that it was just his <laughs> pilot chair that did that, not the entirety of the inside of the ship. Yeah, and I kind of wonder if that's like how it would be a lot easier. Been. Right. <laughs> Right. It's not a it's not a perfect spherical enclosure. So how that works to me, it, it, I think logistically you have to, it doesn't make sense. So I think we just, you just need have to stop to suspe- thinking about it. Yeah, suspend disbelief <laughs> yeah. a little bit and just sort of let it let it ride out. But no, I'm I'm with you. I thought it was interesting that they were showing that. 
but you know, kind of is what it is. So anyway, furthering the story, they are attempting to use Mayfeld to find coordinates for Moff, Moff Gideon. Uh, and then we have to go to Morak, uh, another planet to access a console. And Morak, there's nothing on Morak. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was interesting. There's nothing on Morak, and then very clearly there's a ton going on on Morak. Um, <laughs> like, oh, sure there is. We just hit it from you very well. <laughs> yeah. So we go to Morak, and, and I, I want to I harp on this just a little bit more. Uh, we talked about it vaguely in last, last week's episode. Boba Fett and Fennec are just, they're just there for this ride. You yeah. know? Does that seem weird or or are we just cool we're just cool with this right we're not questioning anything any other motives we're still just fine with them on the on along for the ride it's difficult to say because i just can't tell if they've retooled the characters or if they really are setting up for a major betrayal Mm -hmm. boba fett screwed over main characters to the empire before yeah, so it easily could do it again, but but I will say this: the way that the, the fear he shows towards the Empire makes me think that's not going to happen. Yeah, but that's not the only people he could betray them to. Obviously, I will say this though: there is literature out there in the old EU where you know Boba even kind of in a way respects Han Solo, but he's still going to do the job because yeah. that's what he does. But he he didn't necessarily hate Han Solo, but he didn't like him either. So yeah. there there's personality, but if you're just looking at, at it from you know movies and shows and stuff, he just sort of seems like a really nefarious kind of bad guyish character. But when you really start yeah. to read more into it, it's different. I mean, it, it, there there is some personality. So I think that they just retooled it to make him more sympathetic. I think he's you know yeah. like you said, ride or die, man. Him and uh, Fennec are just, they're there for this. They're ready to rock and roll. I like and seeing I'm, the crew. And, and I'm definitely okay with Fennec because I want more Fennec. I mean, she's a very compelling character and I want she's her interesting, to be a good yeah. guy in a way. So, and her and Kara in this episode make a great team. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I have a few issues with Fennec. Not, uh, not because of the character, but just because of how they sort of were writing her, you know, she's an assassin. She's a killer. Mm-hmm. Um, but one shot in the abdomen and she's completely reformed. I I, I don't know because By we don't have, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we don't really have the backstory about like, so how did she get to this point? Because we see that in, um, in aftermath with our bounty hunter in aftermath. Uh, what was her name? I'm sorry, I can't remember it. But anyway, you know, she didn't really want to be a bounty hunter. It's just kind of like we got her backstory and that she was sort of forced into it, you know, to pay off debts from her family. Um, And she's really a good person, but she does some ruthless things because, you know, that's the world. Um, But anyway, we, we get our plan, right? We get a plan. We arrive in the planet. We've got, uh, what is it, Rhydonium that the uh, Empire is, like, mining and using here. And they're using these kind of crawlers to go through this, on this road. And they hijack one. 
And there's the whole, uh, who's going to go with Mayfeld? Who can possibly go, right? I'm wanted. I'm wanted, too. I'm wanted. You're not, but you can't take your mask off. I'm wanted three, you know? Yeah, so Mando and Mayfeld... Mando has to take off his armor, and uh, we we get our we get our trooper armor here. Um, how cool is it to see so many different trooper armors in this? It is, and this is a new armor that he's wearing, isn't it? Specifically uh, before this, I don't recognize it. I mean, it kind of looks like the snowtrooper armor a bit, at least the helmet does. But yeah, I don't know; it just seems new to me. Let me see if I can find a like a, a list of um, of armors because we we get to see a few different ones here, and one of them was introduced in Rogue One. And of course, I, it's not like I can automatically bring up a list of all all stormtrooper armor, right? <laughs> That'd be far too easy. Well, you know, we we prepare a lot for this show and <coughs> uh <laughs> we don't pre- we don't prepare for anything here, do we? Well, at, at any rate, I don't know that I've seen this particular armor. No. I don't I don't know that I've seen that before, but it, it's it, what is it the the sand troopers um quite a few variations of regular you know generic stormtrooper armor we get the sand trooper we get no not sand uh, troopers. Some... Uh... yeah no okay it is a sand trooper but it just yeah. all depends because like a sand trooper in you know in episode six was different than later the the helmet is essentially very reminiscent of like the sand trooper it's actually almost darn near spot on it's just like different color it's more gray than the sort of tan or white um, that it became. I really, I really need to reverse myself again in some of the trooper armors. But anyway, not today. So we get the hijack of our uh, of our crawler. Mayfeld gets to make a lot of jokes in this particular episode. One of them being, "Can't see anything yes. out of this helmet," so he doesn't wear the yep. helmet. Yeah. Continuing that joke. (laughs) You know, yeah. Uh, Then we get to, we get to go through the village here, little, little village with a vast array of different people in it. Um, This is one of the most culturally diverse villages I've ever seen, uh, which is, is interesting. I mean, it's good. No, it's not bad. It's just like, wow, we have represented every single person here. This is, the most diverse yeah. place I've ever seen, you know? So, y- you know how we've made jokes about the walking in, like, season one, like, Mando walking shots? There is a lot of, yeah. like, Mayfeld and Mando conversation in this crawler, just, like, crawling there along. There is. You well, know... <laughs> if you could call a conversation. <laughs> True. Basic, yeah. It's more like Mayfeld talking at Mando. Yeah. You know, we're we're like the same thing. No, we're not. No, no. Let me explain we to you are. why we Let are the same. Okay. You know, we, we're and then I'll explain it to you again in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I mean I, I'm glad Bill Burr's back though. I, I do like I like the yeah. character I like the character a lot better now. 
Um, so then we get our hijack attempts from these pirates on their little on their little uh, <laughs> speeder platform things that look like a look like a handcart from a Java Lowe's, Palace you know. Ones. Just oh a crappy God. version of the Java Palace ones. Yeah. And, you know, they're basically trying to uh, blow up these crawlers. And uh, did you have any sort of issue with Mando? Just We like, don't know why. We true. really don't know why. Do you have any issue with, <laughs> like, like, Mando? Pirates tend to loot things, not destroy them. True, yeah. It seems like more they're fighting the Empire, but, like, Mando just, like, killed, like, like three dozen of them. Yeah. They're... There's one thing I do want to say. I didn't have any interest in the spear that Mando mm. gets until this episode. Now that I've seen him fight with essentially a spear, spear fighting. Uh, now cool. I want to see that. I mean, obviously, we had the Game of Thrones stuff with with Pedro facing the mountain. Um, so, I mean, spear fighting can be neat. It, it's an interesting weapon to bring up in here. Um, and also, I also wanted to bring this up too. So he's obviously he doesn't have his Mando armor. Oh, two things I want to bring up. One, how many times can we do the Austin Powers joke where these folks get bumped off and they get ran over? And then two, did you catch that? Yeah, with yeah. the nice crunch. Yeah, <laughs> and then two, we see we see Mando kind of relying on the armor to take blows, and he's clearly hurt towards the end of this. So it's like, maybe you need to realize what armor you're wearing and it's not best car anymore. It's just trooper armor and it's not going to give you that well, same. <laughs> you know, I mean, you get used to it though, honestly, after a lifetime of wearing something that automatically protects you. True. I guess I could understand that, but you're still vulnerable with yeah. that armor. Cause you still have, you know, joints, you know, yep. weak spots for your joints. So you think you'd be a little bit more careful. Yeah, for sure. I like the canned hand combat here. I thought this was choreographed yes. really, really well. Um, we haven't seen something like this until since the last uh, Bill Burr episode, actually. Yeah. So I really appreciated that. Same here. And again, keeping with the realism of fighting, nothing seemed overly sensational. Um, it, it all or seemed easy. very fluid or yeah. easy. Yeah. And I, and I'll say that I think, again, I've never made a movie before and never will, but I think these spears were like really fat, like they were fat. Yeah. And you could kind of tell in some of the motions and everything, but it still looked really good and fluid. I really enjoyed that quite a bit. <laughs> oh God. Oh, I, so I also guys at, at home, guys and gals at home, I, I also bring up the episode, so I slowly watch it, you know, as we're going through this. The, we do have a preoccupation at times in Star Wars of showing, like, people blowing up. And, like, the, the death face of one of our pirates here as he's getting blown up. And then another thing, what's up with this, like, almost like West Side Story, like, snapping on, everybody's snapping on all their... their I know. <laughs> Detonators. Uh, is, it, it, it reminded me so much of that stupid gang scene where they come in and they're snapping, uh -huh. and <laughs> I don't know. It it looked kind of goofy, and they're all armed. It's just like you. You must be desperate at this point if you're just gonna all chuck your detonators at once. It's like what are you doing? Like, yeah, 
And of course, uh, they're, they're very close to the outpost and we get a couple of uh, TIE fighters coming in and taking care of the pirates. And then we Which have... Which was epic. Yeah. It was, it, it, well, you know, and I think that this was like a nod to the folks who are, who kind of appreciate the emperor, the, the empire, you know, the 501st and all these people. And they gave the stormtroopers a kind of an epic thing where they hit everything that they aimed at and the yeah. detonators that the pirates had that they didn't throw didn't blow up. So I thought that was a bit of a miss, yeah. but you know, there's something about that too. One loves to make jokes about stormtroopers, how they have the worst aim possible and you know, they're, they're useless. <laughs> I enjoy scenes like this where stormtroopers are the, you know, the elite fighters that they actually are. Two reasons. One, don't tell me that the Emperor and Darth Vader are going to be okay with a bunch of incompetent buffoons who can't hit the broad side of a barn. Yep. There's no way that's going to happen. And two, if they're useless, it kind of diminishes how awesome our cast of heroes are for defeating them. Exactly. Yeah. So I appreciate this kind of. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I think the uh, <laughs> when they bring in the crawler and you have the celebration, you know, yeah, we did it, woo, yeah, you got it, yeah. It was uh, it was funny, and you see a lot of these troopers with like, you know, unclean armor. Some of them, you know, yeah. some of the armor is like really dirty and dented, and then others are a little cleaner. There are a couple of officers in here. And I and I haven't heard anything yet, but I know that um, in the first season of Mando, they did utilize uh, members of the five hundred first. And I kind of wonder if they did that again oh, really? in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it. I mean, some of this is really really cool. Some of it looks really great, but there are it just is. so many different troopers in here. It's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, so many troopers that there definitely couldn't be any fights. I mean, why would they go <laughs> up against that many troopers? That'd just be death. Uh-huh, death. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, they all disappear. <laughs> True enough. Ninety like percent of them. <laughs> so we're getting into a little bit more meat here, and I am uh, I am very interested in this. But first, an aside. Did you know that Mayfeld's first name is Miggs? I did not know that before this episode. I didn't either. His name is Miggs Mayfeld. And we probably did hear that the last time we saw him, but just kind of passed over it. It was strange. It was very strange. Um, you know, it's funny because I, I was looking up this guy's this guy's name and it, it looks like he is a new character. doesn't look like he ties into anything else, at least not that I can find right now. But Mayfeld sees an officer that he served under at one point, And this officer's name is Valen Hess. Uh, again, doesn't look like we have anything um, in old, you know, either old Canon or non Canon. So it looks like new character human. And, we're going into the officer's like dining room or whatever, their chow hall, to access the um, the terminal to get the information on Gideon. Mayfeld won't do it because he might be recognized. So Dinjarin does it. And there are two big things here. Let's go over Mando first. 
he removes his helmet and he allows several people to see his actual face. This is the second time we've seen Pedro Pasquale take, you know, in in the flesh. What do you think about that, man? I think that it showcases two things. And they're major developments in his character that I really appreciate. First development. He's starting to realize that what Bo-Katan said was true and that his sect is basically a cult and that he is trying to make his own way. He's, you know, still following orders technically by trying to get the child to a Jedi, but he's not controlled by them anymore. Two, it just shows how important Grogu is to him compared to what he has lived his entire life. So this is a, it's an epic moment, actually. It's just, uh, it's a shock. It really was a shock. Yeah, I mean, it's like we we kind of I there was kind of a feeling that yeah we're we're gonna get an unmasking again, but Mayfeld puts this out there to him. It's like sometimes you're just gonna do what you have to do, and it's very clear that he's you know yeah the kid is everything at this point, and I also think you're right that seeing the other Mandalorians, including Bo-Katan, and saying, well, they called us a cult. And they're clearly Mandalorians, and Boba Fett is <clears throat> something. Slightly. <laughs> he owns the armor, let me put it to you that way. Uh, so I thought, I thought it was actually really interesting. I was surprised that he didn't put his helmet back on, though. Instantly. Yeah, he had that darn thing on for this entire scene. And I was, well, okay, to back up a little bit, you have to have your helmet off in order to access the terminal because it's face print recognition, which, okay. Why would he be able to do this? Nitpick, (laughs) slight nitpick. Why would any face work? Is it just like a record? And it doesn't matter. It's not an access. It's just like to keep a visual record. Yeah, I, that was a little nitpicky because you would have th- you would have thought that they would have locked that out to only authorized personnel, but no, it's just anybody's face. You just have to show your face, I guess, as a visual record. So that was a little, eh. But yeah, man, he's there. He his face is out there. Mayfeld knows what this guy looks like. Miggs yeah. freaking Mayfeld knows what this guy looks like. Even makes a comment. Never saw your face at the end. <laughs> yeah, and again, I think that's a huge retool of this character, making yeah. him an actual human being. Last episode, he would have either exploited that or made fun of him for it, and he actually yeah. acknowledges how important that is to him and yep. shows a lot of respect to him in that way. Yeah. It, uh, it, this part of the episode I love so much, and let's get into my favorite episode. This does not make me a psychopath, okay? This does not make me insane. I'm saying it is so good, though. Yes. Our this chat. Is the be- this one of the best uh, scenes in all of Mandalorian. Yeah. By far, season one and two. Yep. And let me ask you, did this scene remind you of any specific movie? Is there anything you could pull from? for this uh there was i don't have it in my mind right now we'll talk about it though but i did have i did have something in my head but let, let, let's just set the table a little bit so valen has this uh officer uh let's see do we have a rank 
doesn't look like a rank was written down where I'm looking at here. I'm sure if I don't know, I could, I could, it doesn't matter. Um, very well, very well acted by the way. Yeah. He was, uh, God, what a, yeah. What a portrayal. Let's okay. So Hess confronts Dinjarin as he's at the terminal and basically he he recognizes that the two of these guys brought in the first, you know, crawler for, I don't know, the only one that survived that day. Let's put it to you that way. So it's a big deal and he wants to have a drink with him, but he's giving him some crap, you know, and he's like, what's your number or what's your designation? And what did he say? Like co-pilot transport, co-pilot. Yeah, he's like, no, what's your your number. Yeah, your TK. <laughs> and yeah. then Mayfeld pops right in here to the rescue. Mayfeld to the rescue. Old Migs. Migging away. And, you know, he comes over and he gives a number. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, he's he can't he's hear. Deaf. He, he can't hear, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Making him seem kind of stupid. Old brown eye. Yeah, old brown eyes, which, um, which to me harkens back to... Uh, <sighs> Some of the Men with No Name series with Clint Eastwood, he goes by a lot of things like Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. He was uh, he was Blondie. Uh, the bad guy in that was called Angel Eyes. You know mm-hmm. the bad. So anyway, I just I thought old western when I heard the name. It's like you know, you know yeah, brown. It's fine. So <laughs> they do try and leave, and he's like, I didn't dismiss you. And then instead of like dropping some weird hammer, he's like, you know, have a drink. This is such a tense moment. Like, the, it was so good. And again, like, Bill Burr is a comedian. But if Bill Burr can do this sort of thing on film, like, I think he could do movies or uh, oh, I something. Agree. I agree. Because he obviously knew the backstory. He obviously, like, believed he research. in this character. Like, because yeah. the portrayal... And kind of like throwing stuff at back at this officer about Operation Cinder. Big drop there. What a big, drop, man. Big drop. <laughs> so we we learn that this this officer and Mayfeld were a part of Operation Cinder on the planet Burren Cone, I think. Is how we're saying this, which was a mining colony and was one of the planets that was obviously targeted by um by operation cinder apparently from what i'm reading here uh the surface was basically mostly uh, uninhabitable but the population was contained in a few different air areas um we had a, a imperial governor ubrick aldehard um I don't know. So there's there's a little bit of lore. I'm not going to go real deep into this, but it's a mining colony. And it was destroyed. And Mayfeld also brings forward here, it's like, so was my unit. We're talking about tens of thousands of people. Um, yeah. And I, I was talking a bit with some other folks about this, but, you know, Operation Cinder, we, we heard more about this in, like, Alphabet Squadron with Erica Quell being a part of Operation Cinder and actually taking part in it. Mayfeld is a little bit more ambiguous. We don't, he, he seems like he was just stationed there. He didn't actually yeah. like, he, he wasn't privy to Cinder. He just knew that that was happening. So that's, he probably escaped. And there, there was a, 
there was a lot of emphasis on that in Alpha Squadron. It's like the longer you lasted in Operation Cinder, obviously the more terrible of a person you were. So it really brings up the question, how long did he last before he left the Empire? Yeah. Obviously now we know it's after this, but how long was the operation and what did he have to do in it? Yeah. So there, there's a couple quotes just here on the page that I thought I'd, uh, I thought I'd shout out here. The guys I served with, civilians, those poor mud scuffers, which is kind of a throwback to uh, Solo, uh, died defending their homes, fighting for freedom. Was it good for them? And then, uh, but we've outlasted them, son. They're eating themselves yeah. alive. The new republic is in disarray, and we grow stronger. And then we have, I honestly, I didn't think they were going to do this in this way, but it was so good and it doesn't make me insane it, it doesn't make me anything but it was so good mayfeld pulls his blaster and just executes us yeah my <laughs> god he just blasts the living crap out of him yeah big and, old gold <laughs> i mean what it's so satisfying because it's you, like you hate Jaren, this the entire time's like don't do it i know don't do it i know you're gonna do it don't do it but even in this small little window, I hate Hess with a passion. Oh, yeah. Yes. This he is guy, everything wrong with the Empire. This everything. Guy, yeah. He is the embodiment of the entitlement of every Imperial that made the Rebellion a thing. He relished the Operation Cinder. Yes. Yeah. He, he is the type of officer that Eric Quill was talking about when she said, if you didn't leave at a certain point, you deserved everything that came to you. You were just the embodiment of evil at that point. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he, again, real good, good standing ovation for not only the scene, but the portrayal. And I should probably also look at the actual actor's name. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, probably would be Richard, worth it because he's Richard a great Brake. actor. I don't know who Richard Brake is, but let's look him up here and and see. It was a it was an odd accent too for an imperial officer, didn't you think? Just a little bit, not really the standard British, but more. It, it was almost like he would be considered an outer rim uh, accent. Well, uh, there Very is sloppy. a lot. There, yeah, you're right. I mean, there, there's a lot that has the almost like British accent from the core. So yeah, he clearly wasn't from the the core, the core worlds um, necessarily. Let me yeah, th roll. This scene actually remind me a lot. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, in Inglorious Bastards, there's a scene. Oh, our, yeah, okay. And this, yeah, thank you. I couldn't stop thinking about that through this entire scene. It's like. You know, I'm not saying they copied it or anything, but it just had that vibe, and it was so satisfying. You're not saying they copied it, but he copied it? In a way, <laughs> but it had that vibe, and it was just so satisfying, you know, just reminding you of why you're doing what you're doing, just actually looking into the face of evil, in a way. So a couple things about Richard Brake. First and foremost, he was the Night King in Game of Thrones. Really? Yep. Um, he's, he's done quite a bit. He's, he's got some credits here. Um, let's see. Yeah, Doom, 
Kingsman. Han- I guess it was in Hannibal. Is this the series? No, that was one of the movies, looks like. A um, couple of TV shows, Sanctuary, The Royals. Uh, he has... He, he's in an episode of Supernatural, which is... That's fun. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, quite a bit uh, here and there. So that's kind of cool. You know, he, he, he seems to have some... So pretty good, pretty good resume of stuff. Just a he the pool has of actors in this show is very impressive, really. Well, and, and here's the thing: instead of getting a bunch of like random comedians, like we sort of did in the first season, we're getting a lot of these more to me more interesting actors. And mm-hmm. God, Break just has a face that is a rememberable yeah. that a memorable not a rememberable a memorable face like that guy yeah. that guy's made for horror movies that's so funny so funny um okay but yeah the 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 portrayal the shot the whole thing was just it was it was well well done well done uh, let's see here. So as we move on, we do our escape, which my God couldn't have gone any better. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, the perfect escape. We had no issues whatsoever. Perfect aim from our assassin and Kara. What'd you think of the sniping in this? I actually thought it was pretty cool. You know, yeah. Part of the it's almost slow motion, the time between actually firing and you know, you could see the bolt travel yeah. pretty slowly. It was kind of cool. Mythbusters did something on this a long time ago. Uh, technically, if, if we were doing these energy bolts, for you to see the bolt in that form and fashion would actually be extremely hard, it, it would actually be going very slow for you to be able to perceptively see the bolt. So it, it's definitely movieism, but it's it's very cool. But yeah, the the time it took for for the shot and you know and the connection was very interesting. And um, you know, again, distant shooting, that's what happens. You know, if you're shooting with regular firearms, that's that's exactly what happens. Sometimes you hear the the shot and then the ping type of deal, especially if, you know, again, it's long range. So I thought it was cool. I thought it was very neat, and uh, Kara and Finnick obviously have uh, have some respect for each other due to their marksman ability. Uh, but yeah, we get the pickup on the roof with uh, with Boba. But yeah, what a, what an escape! No issues whatsoever. I could have sworn one of them was going to get shot. Mainly Mayfeld. Yeah, well, there's even a part when they're jumping onto the ship. It's like, oh, oh, just. Just because of the way they shot, it's like he's going to get shot halfway through the jump and fall or something. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's almost like they constructed this entire scene saying, you know what we need? We need a moment of pure satisfaction just wrecking the Empire. That's what we need. Mm-hmm. A moment of them being all happy and friendly to you and then just destroying them. Which yeah. is what we get with the explosion. It's right, yeah. Ma- Mayfeld gets to continue his revenge tour and he shoots the uh shoots the canisters and got a nice uh nice uh explosion out of it. And of course that gets a that gets an attaboy from Fennec and, and Kara, so that's fun. <laughs> and then we get 
probably the most satisfying thing we've uh, seen in a long time for ship combat. We get Boba's bomb, the Slave One bomb, <laughs> with the perfect sound effect, and it was just all there. That was that was sick. So I mean, nostalgia. Yeah. So nostalgia. Yeah, that was uh, that was a great use of budget right there. Um, the sound, yeah. the visual effect, you know, and we get a couple of different angles of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was great. That was great. Yeah. No, no, no dog fighting at all. Just like, oh yeah. yeah by the like, way, we're not doing this. <laughs> yeah. Did you know I had bombs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Probably not an economical use for a bomb, just destroying two TIE fighters when you think about it from a bounty hum- hunter perspective, but very worth it. I mean, how many bombs does he have, man? Maybe he's Probably an expensive one. bomb. Soon. <laughs> well, you know, he gets his pack bombs like nothing, so shit bombs, yeah. probably nothing. Yeah. Well, moving on here. Uh, Potentially, I don't know, we might see Mayfeld again, but we do get a little bit of uh, a repayment to Mayfeld where, you know, Karen and Mando were talking. I was like, ah, it's too bad, you know, the prisoner died in that explosion on Morak. And you got to be thinking, like, going through this character's head, he's like, oh, my God, are they going to kill me? That's that's what I got from his facial expression. It's like, oh, crap, they're shooting me. (laughs) Well, he says something like, should I leave? I mean, because I will. <laughs> I will leave. <laughs> I thought that was cool. It's it, a good sound. I don't know, just the way, the way he walks off is really goofy, comical to me. I, yeah. I enjoyed it. It was, it was fun. I thought it was a fun little thing. And, and again, we could see him again. It, the yeah. setup's there. Yeah. Or he might be done. Done, done. Um, well, might be done to see him probably again. not a lot of ships on this world, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, first and foremost, did they like leave him? Like the worst him? place to leave him. Well, hold on. See, the thing is, did they leave him on Morak, or are, were they on another planet at that point? True. That's, True. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. This final scene, I'm not 100% sure if I'm all in on it or not. This is not what I expected out of the final scene, and to me, it's a bit odd. It feels more like something we would see in like Clone Wars than what we yeah. would see in this, at least judging by the tone. And I'll tell you what, it's it, just it's just not that big of a hit. You know, it's just Well, it, it, if it all you're depends. Sending a warning to somebody. I don't know. Well, my only thing is is that it changes the way I think about the end of this season and what next season's gonna look like for me, judging by the reaction. So let's just go through this. We have, um, oh, uh, anyway, our our one officer that we've been featuring uh, quite a bit here. Baggy and, clothes. Yeah. I, I really wish they would have given her a slightly better cut to that uniform. Because, like, I actually looked her up on Instagram at one point, and, uh, God, she is she is fit. She looks like she could beat the crap out of me a hundred times over. So, and, and I think I, I looked, I really, sh- I should, I should be a little bit more respectful and kind of uh, figure out her name and, and kind of give that a plug. Um, 
see if I can find her uh, really quick. Because like I said, I looked I looked her up, and then I just uh, it's just out of out of my mind what her name is. I don't think they even give her a name <coughs> in the show. No, I don't believe she has a rank either, does she? Well, she has a rank. I just do they know. do they give her a rank? Okay. I mean, I think she's uh, I think she's a lieutenant. You know, I I really I I really I really really wish that you know we get I could like look things up better. Like if I could just utilize Google a little bit easier. That would be sick. Um, here maybe as a cameo guide. Uh, this is like so cool for you guys to sit here and listen as I try and find like one random actress that obviously isn't going to be in this particular article, which is super duper cool. Um, anyway, I'll continue to look, but w- let's just talk about the the um, the reveal here. So we get we get Mando leaving Gideon a message, which is very reminiscent of his speech, which they recapped in the beginning of this. Uh, you have something I want. Yeah, <laughs> old Esposito. Uh, he's so cool. Um, but anyway, so we have we have this speech basically like, "I'm coming for you, man." And I thought the reaction of Gideon was yeah. that's what caught me. Not so much the Why message. Why is he so worried? You know. Yeah, uh, Katie O'Brien. That's the uh, that's uh, that's the uh, actress's name. That's who I was thinking about. And she is. Oh, she was on Agents of Shield too. Oh, really? I don't remember. Yeah, it looks like she's got a a, a couple of Z Nation, uh, the show, Walking Dead, couple of different things. She was on one of the Power Rangers a long time ago. <laughs> God. Yeah. I'm surprised that didn't kill her career. Well, you know, I'm, it is what it is. Uh, oh, yeah. So she is a martial artist. And I guess she does do some, like, com- or did some competitive bodybuilding at one point, too. But anyway, I found her on Instagram really randomly. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's who that is. Because I know a lot of people were talking about her, and it's like, I don't know who this is. So it looks like she was also in Westworld. Hmm. So a couple of things. But anyway. I should recognize her then. I do not. I don't know if she was a big part. It just seems like in passing. But anyway, um, so she, she's got a couple of credits there. But we're continuing to see her, which is why I wanted to make a little bit bigger deal out yeah. of it. Because this is, what, the third, second or third appearance? Yeah. Um, third, but yeah. it, it's just, it's the arms it's like they look a little too yeah. long. It's like, man, just the leg, the legs too. The pants are a little bit too long for it. Well, just just get get that. I mean, officers' pants do have those baggy, almost like riding pants look. But like, get get a tailor in here, like tailor that suit. Yeah. Let's give this girl some respect. Um, anyway, we have the we have the speech. Gideon's um, his reaction to me almost seemed a bit fearful instead of yeah. like, if it were me, my immediate reaction was like maybe giving, giving Mando a little tiny, like a little, little crooked smile. Like oh, I'm ready for yeah. you. I'm ready for you here. You come on and get it. Especially uh, with how controlling he is to, to show that kind of reaction in front of his crew was yeah. a bit odd. 
Yeah, and it makes me sort of think that it may here here's my here's my predictions for this because I think we both sort of thought we're gonna get a confrontation at some point between Mando and, and Gideon. I kind of feel like Mando's gonna defeat him now. And yeah. it will make way for the the next boss, which to be honest, I kind of think is a bit of a waste of Gideon. It would be. It really would be. I would like him to see a he's already a multi-season villain, but a a continuation with him because there's really only one more person you can make the boss if we're going with the Empire. And I really don't know if I want to see Sloan. Oh, I'd be cool with Sloan. I, do, I, I want to see Sloan, but I don't know if I want to see a lot of Sloan. I don't think that Gideon is connected to Sloan. I think Sloan's doing her well, thing. Well, I don't either, but who are you going to top Gideon with, really? I mean, you can make, make up somebody else or just do Thrawn, but the the thing is is that I'm, I'm just... I, I don't know. It seems like, judging by the reaction, it just feels like either... Mando's going to run out of time and this confrontation won't happen this season. They'll drag it on to next season or they're going to have the confrontation and then he's going to get the, if you thought I was bad, just wait until blah, 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 blah appears. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, how bad do you think Timothy Zahn would be if they made Thrawn the villain in Mando? Well, I don't think he. I don't think he'd be mad. The, the only thing is, I did read an article, and basically he was saying that you know they they didn't call him about anything with Thrawn. But the issue is, is that I still think Thrawn is like gone with Ezra. I don't think yeah. that Thrawn is the bad guy here, and that that's it's what makes my thought process so mixed right now because. If you ask Gideon, what do you do next season? And that's why I almost think that maybe I'm overreacting to just one reaction of a character. You know? Yeah. Maybe well, guess- maybe he fights maybe he fights uh, you know, this uh Katie O'Brien. She comes out with uh she she comes out and like, you know, does all of her moves and stuff, and they fight it out and Gideon <laughs> escape for another day mando well well here's a question too if you if you kill off gideon and now we have potentially you know we obviously have the spear mm-hmm. and there is a chance not saying i want him to have it necessarily but there's a chance he might keep the dark saber uh what if we had a melee combatant as our next villain, not the Empire, and it could be, you know, potentially a Sith or just a someone who wields a lightsaber, not necessarily has, having to have force powers, but it being the Mandalorian, it wouldn't be so out there to think that he would be fighting a Jedi or a Sith. Um, or you just, you cut this as just being the Imperial remnant and you start focusing on Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in the cult, cause we haven't heard anything from the armor or his other 
people that he was with. Uh, so maybe instead we just we deal with Gideon, we deal with this this I, I would assume seemingly small imperial remnant, and then we just go to Mandalore and we we figure yeah. out that side of things. Just thank God that the timeline does not permit Darth Maul, because you know that Filoni would want that. <laughs> uh, I think uh. I think Filoni did what needed to be done with Maul. I think he, I I agree. Obviously Maul was always a cool character. And I think that there was certainly a story to tell. And he told it in, he told the story of Maul and then he ended the story of Maul. I don't think you need to do anything more with it. Which by the way, just kind of jumping all around the place. Obi-Wan Kenobi actually would be the right timeline for, the introduction of Maul, wouldn't it? The series. Mm-hmm. When does that take place in Rebels, their final fight? How old is Luke Sometime, during that fight? I'm not I sure. Remember. Probably probably the right timeline for that. <laughs> uh we're not we're not Just gonna a see thought. Uh, oh, you're talking about the Obi Wan. I no, I doubt we're gonna see Yes, him. yes. No. Maul was finished in As Rebels. Get- They're not gonna rehash that in that series. That's just they brought him up in Han Solo, and I just kind of wonder, or in Solo, and I just kind of wonder why they brought him up, and we haven't seen him yet. That was just a, that was just to bring through the Crimson Dawn stuff because he ran Crimson yeah. Dawn. So right, I, I think that was just a tie-in to things we already knew about him. Could be. Just wonder why they would even, you know, have his interaction with her, with Kira. Because I mean, he was still in charge. In some of, other way, he was still in charge of Crimson Dawn, and Kira was a part of Crimson Dawn. True, but that, they mentioned finishing her training and everything. So, yeah, just no, the fact that nothing's come from that yet, and I don't think we're gonna. I mean, there's a chance we'll see Solo too. Sure, yeah, but legitimately, I just think that that was Maul's. They didn't really go over Maul's Crimson Dawn stuff very much in the animated series. It was alluded to. I think that that was just the height of his power with Crimson Dawn at the end of that movie. So, I mean, if they do anything, you know, Kira might assume a higher position, but no, I don't, I don't think we're going to get any of that in, in Kenobi. I get, I get the time timelines are so shaky, but at at any rate, let's go ahead and uh, probably start trying to wrap her up here a little bit. Uh, So let's, let's do some ratings. What, what uh, final thoughts and ratings on uh, this episode of Mandalorian? Oh, actually hold on. Just kidding. Uh, The believer. Who is the believer? Who is the believer? I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I think it's I think it's Mando. I think Mando's the believer, and I think that this is the test of his belief. Uh, as far as the the helmet and everything. Yeah, it's, yeah. It basically his faith. Yeah. Yeah. True. Very true. Yeah, I kind of wondered what that the sim, symbolism of that uh, title was. So yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. All right. Anyway, ratings and final thoughts. <laughs> uh, I have to give this one a 9.2. Not the best episode for certain. 
but definitely. Well, I mean, I my God, if you're going to lead off with not the best episode, give it a 9.2, it better be the best episode. No, not, not the best episode of the series. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> D- different way of saying it, I guess. Uh, n- definitely not the best episode we've had, but I would rank it in top three, I think. Okay. Yeah, very, very good episode. Well, one of the best acted. You know, we get bigger drops in some episodes that are better, but don't have the acting we see in this. This was extremely, extremely well acted, especially for being a comedian. You know, mm-hmm. Bill Burr did an amazing job. Our Imperial officer did an amazing job. Just the emotion you get from Jaren was great, too, in this episode, in the small amount of time and the few words he spoke without a helmet. <laughs> right. Yeah, I... uh I'd probably go pretty high. I think that the um, the store. I, I I wondered if this was going to be a throwaway episode. Obviously, you hope that every episode is going to be as good as the next. And I think with all the the moments, you know, I mean, really, it's it's another fetch quest. You're fetching coordinates, so it's it's a covert op mission thing. Um, so I I, I think it was done extremely well. The acting, as you said, was obviously pretty darn amazing. Um, we got a lot of really, really interesting little tidbits here and there, but nothing that's going to break the mold. Um, you know, Bill Burr coming back and playing Mayfeld differently and having a really, really kind of cool little bonding thing with Mando was great. Uh, having a team together, I think, was really cool. And, uh, yeah, I mean, overall it was, it was a, it was a really, really good episode, you know, had a little bit of cheese in it, uh, which, you know, I think is the way it should be at times. So, uh, you know, I, what did you say? You said 9.2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually kind of where I was going to a, a good solid 9.2, I think is, is, is there. It's just really good. It's just a really good episode. Yeah. It's it's one that I I could definitely go back and watch a few more times and and be very happy to have done it. So yeah, very. Did you good. like it more than the last episode? Mm, I'm drawing a blank. What the heck was in the last episode? Why am I drawing a blank? Yeah, where I mean, he was stolen. Okay, it's all coming back to me. I don't know. I just t- I completely. Were you thinking there was an episode in between the theft of, of yeah, the child? I, I, <laughs> no, for some reason I just instantly flashed back to Ahsoka because that was my favorite uh, episode. Uh, it's like, yeah, but that wasn't the last episode. Um, right. <laughs> was it better than last episode? Hmm. I, I think I don't remember. Obviously, for different reasons. I don't reasons. remember what I rated that. I feel like it was in the eights. I should probably write these down so I don't contradict myself. But to be honest with you, this isn't professional. I don't really care if I contradict myself. Um, yeah, I think this episode was better than the prior episode. It, yeah, I would have to agree. Yeah, last episode was really cool. You know, you had some, you had the, you know, Boba's reveal, getting back his armor, you know. How'd you, how'd you like that, uh? meme i sent you about boba did you see that uh i i know that i've seen it the reveal with him and his armor let me see if i can look that back up here you've sent me a a couple 
you've sent me you've sent me a few. I don't I don't see one with just boba though. Mm. It would probably be under TikTok. Okay, um, then I don't I don't I don't think I I don't think I watch that one because TikTok is evil. It's an abomination. Oh, well, no. No, hold on. You need to show your reaction to it now then. No, I don't want to cuz I can't oh, listen to, to it. I can't listen to it on here. I can't give yeah, these you can. people, No, I can't give these people credit because TikToks <laughs> are ter- it's a terrible thing. Okay. They are terrible, but this is a pretty entertaining TikTok. Well, I can't I can't subtitle it. I'll think about it later. Did you make this? Was this you who made this on TikTok? No, no I did not. I'm not a creator on TikTok. I'll 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 watch it. I I do remember that coming through. I I I didn't I didn't get to watch it. I'll watch it a little later. But anyway, so folks, hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode here. A little little dual dual episode. Hopefully you guys are continuing to enjoy the Mandalorian and uh, you know are getting hyped with all the news. Here before too long, we'll be back in the books. Uh, and well, here before too long, we'll be uh, finishing up Mandalorian. We got, yeah, we got another week for that, and then three weeks until we start focusing on the books. So. Yep. So, better watch Resistance quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think we'll have to talk about it a little bit, but we might, you know, get Resistance out there, and I think uh, there's a ton, there's a ton we could do. So. Yeah, Mandalorian is very, very quickly ending, and we are, you know, going to be jumping into High Republic. Um, we'll see what next year brings, but we're, you know, Star Wars is is never ending; it never ends. So we're hopefully, just, you guys uh, enjoy. Shown proof of that, but God, yeah. you know, this was a thirty-minute episode if you cut out the recaps, the intro, and all the credits. That's crazy. 30-minute episode is our, one of our favorites. It's extremely short, but there was so much in it. Well, I mean, I've talked with a few people about this, but it, it, they're, they're doing a very linear storyline. You know, they're not doing a bunch of side quests and, and other characters yeah, you don't have doing to do stuff as much. at the same time. Well, it's like just the, the village episode where they had to defend the village. They had to put a lot of time into actually setting that up and Mm-hmm. introducing new characters which we didn't have to have here so it yeah. makes sense it's just it's just weird so used to the 45 minute ones and now they're more entertaining and they're even shorter so i'm just hoping we get a good long season finale at least an hour yeah we shall we shall see but we're 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 well set up uh but anyway folks uh make sure to you know follow us on all the socials at uh tc plan podcast on twitter facebook all that good stuff. We don't do Instagram for this show, and I don't really feel like it either, so it's not going to happen. Um, but, you know, if you're listening, obviously you found us on a podcasting platform, but we should be about everywhere. Uh, if you, I mean, listen to us on wherever. We're everywhere. <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm getting I'm getting tired. I know you were nodding off here a little bit, and even though you just blacked your camera so i can't see your face but you're nodding off again so i'm getting tired it's about it's about ready for a a new new nap a little some munchies and a new nap um three o'clock yeah three three (laughs) o'clock i gotta get some time for bed i gotta get some food because i haven't had lunch today so i'm gonna eat and then probably take a little little midday nap on the couch on a on a saturday which sounds awful nice to me um but yeah folks uh if, if if you really, uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear uh, your opinions on the show. We get we get them every now and again, but 
again, social media is a good place to go. Or you can send us, uh, you know, an email, tcplanpodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And if you'd like to support the show, check us out on patreon.com. So you guys have a great rest of your week. And as always, may the force 